0: I'm going to read an extract from This I Know by Terry O'Reilly. When you create a message with emotional content, it attracts people. Leadership consultant Edwin Friedman puts an even finer point on it, saying, people can only hear you when they're moving toward you. And they're not likely to when your words are pursuing them. Emotion pulls. It doesn't chase. I've always been a fan of humor in advertising, and most of the 10,000 plus commercials I've directed over the last 25 years were humorous. All marketing is an intrusion. It piggybacks on the real reason people have focused their attention, watching television, listening to radio, perusing a newspaper or surfing online. They are there for the content, not the advertising, though the Super Bowl may be the one exception to this rule. So if advertising is an interloper, How do you make that interruption the most polite or, at minimum, the least intrusive message possible? Even more, how do you give something back in return for the loud knocking? Humor is one answer. It is important to understand the difference between humor and comedy. Humor is giving. It's generous. Comedy subtracts and is usually sarcastic or biting. That's why humor is better suited to marketing. To make someone smile or laugh forges an emotional connection. Humor gathers people. Think about people you know. The ones who make you smile are the ones you most want to be around. Humor doesn't pursue. It pulls. Not long ago, I attended a talk given by filmmaker Richard Curtis at the Cannes Advertising Festival. Curtis is a very successful screenwriter and director whose credits include Mr. Bean, Black Hatter, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually, Bridget Jones Diary, and Notting Hill, to name but a few. Not a bad resume. He was in Cannes to unveil a new marketing campaign. He was spearheading to tackle extreme poverty and climate change. The campaign was going to begin with a cinema ad that would be shown on the same day in every movie theater in North America and Europe. It would be the first global cinema ad ever done. When Curtis previewed the ad during his talk, the press was surprised that its treatment of extreme poverty and climate change was humorous. Didn't the subject matter call for a more serious term? Here is what Curtis said. In his early days as a writer on Blackadder, he realized the only way to get the audience to remember an important plot point was to attach it to humor. So if Sir Nigel... Ridgley was coming for dinner, few people would remember that beat. But if Sir Nigel Flatbottom was coming, no one forgot, humor made it stick. Now, humor isn't the only answer to effective marketing, but it illustrates the rule. Emotional content makes people care. That said, most learning institutions put much more value on intellectual reasoning than they do on emotion. Yet emotion fuels the world. Even in a math and science-driven institution like NASA, the decision to go to the moon wasn't driven by rational facts. It was propelled by the emotion of John F. Kennedy's challenge of landing a man on the moon by 1970 to prove American superiority. Throughout the 1960s, NASA continually marketed the Moonshot with emotion. It signed an ongoing contract with Life magazine to feature full-color stories on the astronauts and their families. It framed the new satellite communications technology and even the small RCA cameras that astronauts took on board as innovations that would have a beneficial impact on the daily lives of, of Americans. Maybe the most emotional pitch was the one that warned of letting the Russians read communists, control outer space, dropping bombs in America like kids dropping rocks from a highway bridge. That bitch alone persuaded the government to keep signing those big checks. The space organization needed the support not only of Congress, but also of the American public. Landing man on the moon was going to be the most expensive endeavor America had ever undertaken, totaling over $170 billion in today's dollars. And by the way, there was an expensive war going on in Vietnam. If the decision to go had been based strictly on logic, it never would have happened. Emotion made the difference. America felt invested in the outcome. When companies like Duncan Hines marketed instant cake mixes after World War II, all you needed to do was add water and two eggs. It was a big hit with homemakers, but then, in the 1950s, sales started to drop off dramatically. As time wore on, women stopped enjoying the quick baking mix. They felt unfulfilled by the process. It was too easy. It felt like they were cheating their families. The product that was created for ultimate convenience became too convenient. So, what did brands like Duncan Hines do to turn sales around? The secret was to make homemakers feel like bakers. It was literally the icing on the cake. The company showed cooks, read women, how to add decadent frosting, not just to the top, but also between each layer and all around the cake. That suggestion made them feel like they were truly baking. With that, cake mix sales soared again. As a matter of fact, the photo of a frosted cake became one of the most defining advertising images of that era. Once women felt invested in the process of baking a cake, they couldn't buy enough cake mixes. In his fascinating book, Creativity Inc., Pixar CEO Ed Catmull says, the definition of superb animation is not just movement, but intention. Put another way, emotion. As of this writing, Pixar has had 15 number one movies in a row. The trick isn't just outstanding animation, it's that you, you tear up when a robot named Wally no longer recognizes his robot love, Eve, due to a programming reboot. It's a cartoon, it's about robots, and you need a box of Kleenex. If people feel something, they are invested. They will pay more, they will stay longer, and I will spend more time seeking you out when they're emotionally moved by storytelling and marketing.